3: Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. Coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free 1-800-610-7035. Email xzone at com, And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. On May 7th to 13th of this year, the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal will be hearing the second charge of crimes of torture and war crimes, listen to this explanation, against former U.S. President George W. Bush and his associates, namely Richard Cheney, former Vice President, Donald Rumsfeld, former Defense Secretary, uh, Albert uh, Gonzalez, then counsel to President uh, Bush, David Addington, and uh, then general counsel to the Vice President, William Haynes II, then general counsel to Secretary of Defense, uh, J.B., Bybee, I believe it is, J. Bybee, uh, then Assistant Attorney General, and uh, John Chun Yu, former Deputy Assistant Attorney General. This is one of the first times in history that lawyers have been charged with war crimes for rendering misleading advice in an attempt to exonerate war crimes by their principals and governments. Joining me now to further discuss this is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before, and he's one of the judges on this panel. Alfred Weber from uh, Vancouver, BC, and Alfred, always great having you with us. Um, what is all this about, Alfred?
2: Yeah, sure. You, you know, Rob, and and let me say that as a judge on the tribunal, I'm I'm appearing here in a very special way because we have taken an oath to be. Uh, impartial Mm -hmm. in the application, in the finding of facts and the application of the law. So my appearance today is uh, uh, to inform the public and your listening audience that, in fact, these proceedings are taking place and have taken place in in the past and that certain, certain verdicts have, um, <clears throat> have been reached mm-hmm. uh, and that witnesses are being heard.
3: Under what jurisdiction does this trial hold its hearings?
2: Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, what has occurred, and the way that the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal Really originated mm-hmm. uh, started back in 2007 when uh, Tun Dr Mahathir bin Mohammed, who was Prime Minister of Malaysia for 25 years and really brought Malaysia into the 21st century, uh, he he held a a an international war crimes conference in Kuala Lumpur in. Uh, 2007, and at that conference, a number of victims uh, came forward and uh, gave testimony at that conference. Th- these are uh, individuals who had been uh, tortured allegedly at the Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq, and who had been tortured at other places in Iraq and in other. Locations throughout the Middle East um, at the uh, 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 sort of uh, because of the policies of uh, US and UK governments.
3: Now, I'm going to ask you to hold on for a sec here, Alfred, because sure. I, and I have to take a commercial break. And I don't want to okay. cut you off in the middle of what's going to be a very interesting hour. Alfred Weber is yep. our special guest, Exo Nation. Now, for more information about the um, the war uh, tribunal that we're going to be talking about this hour, the tribunal to um, to hear second war crime charges against Bush and associates, go to www.criminalizewar.org and that's c r i m i n i a l i s e w a r .org and uh, Alfred and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. It's going to be one of those interesting hours here on the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell. We'll be back. Don't go away.
4: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them.
5: And if you're that friend...
0: Ooh, don't wait! Visit sonobello.com dot slash save. Sonobello. dot slash save. Sonobello. dot slash save.
2: It was a recipe for
4: disaster. A four course meal.
2: intentions
3: Exo Alfred Webbers are very special guest this hour. We're talking about the um, Kuala Lumpur war, uh, crime trials or trib- tribunal against um, war crimes, the uh, charges against Bush and Associates. And uh, before we went to the break, Alfred, I asked you what the jurisdiction of, 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 the, sure. uh, of the tribunal is. And, uh, uh, can we get into that, please? Because uh, this, this is a great question. And, you know,
2: why sure. hasn't
3: the mainstream media picked up on this?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, what emerged at the 2007 hearing is that the, the International Criminal Court, which had been formed under the Rome Statute, where yeah. you have thirteen plus nations have signed it, the prosecutor there had been approached with over 400 complaints of war crimes by the UK and US in Iraq and had not taken action.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, therefore, uh, the uh, jurisdiction of the court, and and this was a paper uh, that a lecture that, in fact, I delivered at that conference. That under what we call natural law, natural law is actually the source of all social law. Social law is both criminal law and, say, civil law. Civil law is, you know family law, contract law, things like mm-hmm. that. And, and so under natural law, which is based on justice, and justice are principles, these are principles that exist in the universe. Everybody knows when something is just and unjust, and that's why we have a jury system. And, and uh, where it can be shown that the organs of justice are not occurring. And this is why you have a citizen's arrest. This is why a citizen under certain circumstances can perform uh, uh, the the operations of state justice. Uh, a, a duly constituted citizen's tribunal operating under natural law that that, that is under the assumption of justice when the organs of ju- the international organs of justice, namely the Inter- International Criminal Court, mm-hmm. are not functioning because uh, uh, the the prosecutor there who was compromised obviously uh, uh, overlooked over 400 complaints. So out of that, the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal was formed. There's a charter. Uh, there are judges from from all over the world. I was selected. As the representative judge from Canada, mm-hmm. and we we've all uh, you know uh, uh, been sworn in uh, to follow the uh, the uh, Charter and and the rules of the Kuala Lumpur Tribunal, and we have held various proceedings. We've held uh, uh, this will be our third um, session of proceedings and people people can go to criminalizewar.org to see all the full proceedings and transcripts Might,
3: le, le, maybe I, maybe I can ask you this and that'll clear up a few things as a judge what authority do you have outside of these hearings
2: that's a fascinating issue of course uh, uh, citizen tribunals always have moral authority.
3: Uh, All right, I I understand the moral authority, but how about legal authority?
2: Yeah, there's a fascinating legal authority, and that comes under the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court, the treaty that set up the International Criminal Court, Mm -hmm. because the design of that treaty was to decentralize the prosecution of war crimes, so that under that statute, every nation... Uh, that that becomes part signs that treaty and becomes part of the international cr- criminal court has to pass legislation granting universal ju- war crimes jurisdiction to their national courts so that their national courts are actually supposed to be the first line of defense or prosecution of war crimes so that we are that is citizen's tribunals are kind of down in the trenches. Mm-hmm. We go out and and we hold proceedings with transcripts, with witnesses under oath, and then we take those proceedings and we pass them on to national courts and we pass them on to the International Criminal Court for enforcement so that they have the arrest powers and they have the prosecution powers and they have the the sentencing powers.
3: Oh, all right. Is is your authority recognized by governments uh, such as the United States, the Canadian government, or even the United Nations?
2: Yes, be, because this is under the Rome Statute of the of the International Criminal Court. And Canada, for example, mm-hmm. is a signatory and and would be obligated. Now, we had uh, not to jump not to jump too far ahead, but we actually had a test case of that. And uh, on November 22nd, 2011, uh, the the tribunal found George W. Bush and Tony Blair, UK Prime Minister, guilty of crimes against peace. Now, crimes against peace is the Nuremberg-level war crime. That's starting a war without justification and that's the iraq war Mm -hmm. immediately thereafter uh you know at the end of november and at the beginning of december george w bush uh, went to three african nations uh i happened to be coincidentally in south africa at a conference at that time and he was in the neighboring Three African nations and the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Commission, who we had charged to to uh, contact all signatories of the of the Rome Statute and urge them to to uh, uh, you know to uh, uh, apply these to apply our verdict mm-hmm. to Bush and to Blair contacted the three african governments vigorously and the african governments at that point it was just like a week after our verdict said well this is a novel situation we don't know what to do so we are out there actively prosecuting what is within the letter of the law and we've had a very lax attitude around the world with regard to prosecution of war crimes even though, uh, even though the Rome Statute provides for this, mm. so yeah. we're going to continue as a tribunal. I mean, I, I can't speak for the tribunal, right. but I can say that on in the November twenty second, two thousand and eleven, verdict, the commission was di- directed to apply to all signatories, and they did so in the case of those three African nations. And that became a world press issue at that time. All right.
3: You know, here you've got three little African countries, you know. You're going after the president of the United States, the former president of the United States, and the former uh, British prime minister. Do you really think that the major powers are going to take you serious?
2: Sure, because here here you had the former U.S. president, Mm -hmm. George W. Bush, trying to do some kind of, you know... Trumped up public public relations humanitarian visit to these three African nations, and mm-hmm. we blew his cover.
3: Right, you blew his and, cover, but and, the, do, and, you, do you actually and, see do you actually see the tribunal's power being being exercised in the United States of America?
2: No, no. Here, here is what we see. Okay. Practically speaking, now. George W. Bush, and this is factual. George W. Bush, Richard B. Cheney, and Donald H. Rumsfeld cannot travel out of the United States, and they are being protected by the the uh, military, in, uh, by by the CIA, essentially inside the U.S. So so, what you're, it, so,
3: so let me just understand this, Alfred, because this is rather uh, this is rather. Um, hard to believe that you're telling me that George W. Bush, the former president of the United States, Dick Cheney, the former vice president of the United States, and David uh, Rumsfeld, the Don, former Donald, 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 Donald Rumsfeld, Donald, Donald the former Rumsfeld, you know. secretary of defense, cannot travel outside of the United States?
2: Yes, correct. And each of those gentlemen have canceled their most recent trips to travel uh, outside of the U.S., in fact, uh, Dick Cheney was supposed to speak in Toronto recently, and he canceled it. Uh, Rumsfeld canceled his most recent trip, and George traveled to Switzerland, and they canceled. And the formal reason was, quote, fear of arrest for war crimes, so that, so that uh, the combined pressure of uh, uh, citizens' tribunals, Number one, mm-hmm. like the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal, like the Brussels Tribunal, which is another citizens war crimes tribunal, like uh, c- citizens groups in Germany, in Spain and in Spain, the courts there uh, using their expanded war crimes jurisdiction have been very active in prosecuting former war cr- war criminals. Remember that the way that uh, Colonel Augusto Pinochet was ex- extradited from uh, the UK back to Chile to face war crimes charges there, even though he was under the direct protection of Margaret Thatcher in in the UK, was through the the war crimes uh, uh, the universal war crimes jurisdiction of the International Criminal Court in the in the Chilean courts so that that treaty brings a new day all
3: right to the issue yeah Alfred please stand by you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour interesting yeah very very interesting Alfred Weber is our special guest www.criminalizewar.org and we'll be back on the other side of this news break with some words from our sponsors as the X-Zone continues. With yours truly, Rob McConnell from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Oh, yeah.
4: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in.
5: This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer, or combo meal, single item at regular price.
4: Great news! For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile Service.
3: On MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at hotmail.com, and our website www.exxonradiotv.com. So, nation, uh, Alfred Webbers are a special guest of this hour, and we're talking about the tribunal to hear second war crime charge against former President Bush and associates. The website is www.criminalizewar.org. Uh, Alfred, what does this mean? Uh, you know, are are you going once the tribunal has has done what it's doing? You're going to take all these uh, transcripts, you're going to pass them to other people. What do you hope to accomplish? What's the, what's the final goal?
2: Well, I think that the, that the final goal is, number one, accountability. Uh, if we go back to the modern era of, of uh, uh, defining, prosecuting war crimes mm-hmm. so as to prevent war, and to have a, a peaceful dispute resolution. The whole purpose of the Nuremberg Tribunals was to criminalize war, and that was the notion of, um, of the crime against peace. And that was the great crime that the Third Reich committed. They committed the crime of aggressive war for no purpose. And so the purpose of the of the Nuremberg tribunals was to outlaw war. Mm-hmm. So now, if we fast forward uh, to the Bush administration, uh, we heard testimony as a tribunal from official documents uh, in in the November uh, 2011 session, which demonstrated that the. Iraq War was started under completely false pretenses, uh, and for no purpose. It was an unjust war, and it was started through deceit and deception by the Bush administration. And therefore, it met the criteria of crimes against peace. I mean, what was established in the second world of the Nuremberg uh, tribunals, which was at the end of the Second World War, where between 25 million and 100 million people died, is that look, we're not gonna have these wars anymore. We're gonna move toward peaceful resolution of disputes. And here we have uh, uh, a war which went against, uh, uh, you know, went against official resolutions of the United Nations, went against world public opinion. There were massive demonstrations around the world. And not only that, uh, what came out at trial was there was massive deception. And this is based on official documents by the Bush administration. So the purpose of that is to record this for history so that no more crimes against peace, no more unjust wars occur.
3: Do you expect uh, President Bush to get criminally charged for this?
2: Well, he was, oh oh, you mean, uh, uh, yes, yes, yes I do, because we observed complete due process. There were six defense attorneys. Mm -hmm appointed for Bush and for Blair at the Kuala Lumpur hearings. Now,
5: who were, and, the, who were
3: these defense lawyers appointed by? Were they actual U.S. government lawyers, the US, uh, government, uh, British government lawyers, or were these just citizens like yourself who partake in these uh, tribunals?
2: Well, uh, both Bush and Blair were, were served. In fact, Tony Blair flew into Kuala Lumpur Mm -hmm. to give a speech, and the War Crimes Commission went and served him personally with the complaint. Mm -hmm. So he was personally served. Bush's office were personally served. They had due notice. They failed to appear.
3: But under what jurisdiction was the service done? Like here in Canada, if, if if a court, a legitimate court, yeah, does a service. That's one thing. But John Q. Public, uh, who just wants to have a tribunal of a bunch of people because they they're not satisfied with something and they issue, uh, they issue something that that that's basically just a piece of paper.
2: No, be, because uh, the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal, again, uh, was duly constituted under a a non-profit organization, the Perdana Peace Organization Mm -hmm. of Malaysia by a high-ranking public public official, Tun Dr. Mahathir bin Mohammed. It was widely known throughout the world. I mean, it was carried by BBC in Mm -hmm. prominent articles back in 2007. Uh, Tony Blair... Came into Malaysia to speak there and was duly served. He was duly served. Given, in,
3: yeah, but he was duly served by an organization that that the legal community really doesn't accept.
2: No, in the field of international humanitarian law, as I mentioned, where mm. you have a situation. Where the, where the prosecutor of the International Criminal Court has systematically ignored over 400 complaints of war crimes by U.K. and U.S. forces in Iraq. Then, in the same mode that you can do a citizen's arrest under natural law, then duly constituted citizens' tribunals can uh, uh, initiate proceedings with transcripts with all of the you know rules and rules and regulations followed, and then apply to national courts that are part of the Rome Statute and to the ICC to have these enforced. What does that has what occurred here? What now, does the United Nations think hold on
3: here, hold on here. What does the United yeah. Nations think of your organization?
2: Well, the 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 International Criminal Court, the Rome Statute is a United Nations treaty. Mm-hmm. So we're acting under the the purview of a United Nations treaty. But are you sanctioned by the, are
3: are you sanctioned by the United Nations?
2: Well, we we are acting under the power of the United Nations treaty. That's not what as I No, that's
3: not what I asked you. Are you sanctioned? Are you recognized by the United Nations or any
2: government yeah, there, outside of Malaysia? There is, yeah, yeah. The, there is no necessity to be sanctioned. I mean, in that case, uh, uh, you know, there there would be a you know, say if the Perdana Peace Organization mm-hmm. were a UN recognized NGO, but that that is not relevant here because we're we're operating under the ages of the Rome Statute. The, the, the United Nations doesn't have any jurisdiction here. What has jurisdiction ultimately are the international criminal courts and, and the, the international criminal court and the national courts that have signed the Rome Statute. Now, we go out mm-hmm. and we do our proceedings – We take our verdict in our transcript, and then we go and apply to the national courts, and we say, it's like if we went to a police office Mm -hmm. and say, here's a complaint. Here's all the evidence. Now go out and arrest this man and try him.
3: But nobody's arrested President Bush. Nobody's arrested Tony Blair. Nobody's arrested Dick Cheney. Nobody's arrested uh, Donald Rumsfeld.
2: but, But Rob, but Rob. As I stated, in the, and this is known in national news, mm-hmm. Dick Cheney does not travel, and the official reason given in the news was, quote, fear of arrest, and he had to cancel a trip to Germany. Likewise, George W. Bush, his most recent trip to Switzerland, he canceled it for fear of arrest. And likewise, Dick Cheney, excuse me, George W. Bush to Switzerland for fear of arrest. And likewise, Dick Cheney canceled his most recent speaking tour to Toronto for, uh, I think, fear of arrest. Because here in Canada, Mm -hmm. there are some very, very active citizens, uh, organizations that have been like Lawyers Against the War, of which I'm a member, that have been seeking the arrest of, of, of Bush administration officials who attempt to come into Canada. Okay, so so it,
3: all right, so if your organization does have the the authority that that I believe you're trying to get across to us that it does have be, because of the way you work, why can't Bush, Cheney and Rumsfeld be arrested within the United States?
2: Because they are protected by the Obama administration which is, you know, by the Obama was elected on a platform that he would prosecute war crimes. He would close down Guantanamo Mm -hmm. and he would prosecute war crimes. Obama has has reneged on his campaign promises and Obama, uh, who himself is, President Obama is a f- uh, member of a third-generation CIA family. Both of his grandparents on the mother's side, the uh, uh, Stanley Armour Dunham was a CIA lifelong CIA agent. His mother, Stanley Ann Dunham, was a lifelong CIA agent. And uh, President Obama, as I've written, mm-hmm. was uh, inducted into the CIA in 1980 at Occidental College. So... Uh, uh, they the, the, he, he he is not going to prosecute george w bush so so the Bush administration people are are safe at home in the United States so far, but there are parties within the United States uh, like like uh, you know various legal groups that mm-hmm. are pressing for prosecution of Bush and Associates for war crimes.
3: All right, let, let me give you a hypothetical situation here, Alfred. President yeah. uh, Bush comes to Canada. Yeah. Who's going to arrest him? Under what authority?
2: No, 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 right. Here, uh, that, that hypothetical played itself out here in Vancouver shortly before the November, November 2011 and hearings and that is in late October, early November, Bush and Clinton, President, former President mm-hmm. Bush and former President Clinton, were both invited by a city, by a mayor in the lower mainland here to give speeches at $150,000 each at an economic development event. And at that event, uh, citizens, uh, first of all, Uh, Lawyers Against the War, uh, led by uh, Attorney Gail Davidson, did go to court and did apply to the Attorney General of Canada to exclude Bush from Canada as a convicted war criminal, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, there were uh, uh, demonstrations and attempts of a citizen arrest of Bush. Uh, And prior, in a prior... Visit of George W. Bush to speak in Calgary, there was an attempted um, citizen arrest of George W. Bush there. Now, the situation now has changed even more that uh, 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 Richard Cheney will no longer travel to Canada. And George W. Bush has not attempted to travel to Canada since November 2011. I believe this is just my personal opinion Mm -hmm. that he will be that his lawyers will advise him not to travel to Canada, even though because the Harper administration is a political ally of the Obama of 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 these policies. uh, He the attorney general of Canada has not given approval for the arrest of Bush. uh, Do you you really think
3: do you really think? that the government of Canada would be stupid enough to actually authorize the arrest of a former president of the United States come on uh
2: you know uh, uh, in 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 the world of of international war crimes it's a different world than international media All right you and I have to take and our final break one, please yeah. stand by uh, okay. I
3: I don't know Exonation. I find this a little bit f- out in left field, I can't see the Canadian government or any other political government that is a power allowing a president of the United States to be arrested on their territory. And what does this tribunal have on the effects of, of trade between nations? We'll ask Alfred when we come back. Don't go away. Well, oh, Fred Weber is our special guest. You know, I got, a, I got a message here from one of our listeners who's listening to us uh, right now, and they said, it sounds like you guys are like uh, a group of citizens' vigilantes.
2: Well, uh, the, well, but the thing is that we're applying international humanitarian law. And, and let me make some important points, because people, I think, are not realizing the subtleties going on. On April 6, 2012, Hillary Clinton, who is now uh, Secretary of State, Mm -hmm. the U.S. State Department released a secret 2006 memo on torture that was written by Condoleezza's aide, Condoleezza Rice's aide on torture, named Philip Zelikow. The Philip Zelikow memo had been ordered destroyed back in, 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 in 2006 by the Bush White House. But apparently the State Department kept a copy, and it released it suddenly on April 6, 2012. So I asked the question, mm-hmm. was this US, did the U.S. State Department release? And what that memo says, Philip Zelico, who was U.S. State Department, U.S. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, as Bush's Secretary of State, Philip Zelico, said, hey, guys, waterboarding is illegal. You can't do it. And, and, and the White House ordered it destroyed. Now, I think, and I think it's a fair question, mm-hmm. that the State Department, and, and this made news on April 6th, this is worldwide news, I think that the U.S. State Department released this on April 6th, just 20 days ago. One of its effects is going to facilitate the findings and the proceedings on the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Tribunal of May 7th to 13th on torture, because all of a sudden the Zelico memo that was thought lost mm-hmm. has suddenly been found, and it was released by Hillary Clinton. On April 6th. is that a coincidence? I'm sorry, you know, I'm saying that these are facts. All right, so, and I'm so let me Larry, that, I, that I, you know. In what? the international world of tribunals, it's different than the international world of news, and that this is what's really going on.
3: You know, I, I think that this would have a lot more clout and a lot more clarity if it was coming from a recognized organization instead of a bunch of citizens trying to trying to stir the pot.
2: But. How, how can you say that you know let's let's go to the nature of let's go to the identity of the judges okay uh, albert I, judge. I albert i no no no, wait, no, no, no wait, wait, albert, wait, i'm not no i'm L- not listen, going to hold on i'm not going to are hold on
3: No, no 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 i'm sorry you know get off your bandstand uh, running out of time. I just can't keep on going because somebody's got a little box he wants to stand on a- a- and yell at the top of his voice. It doesn't work like that. It's not the Alfred Weber show. It's the Rob McConnell X-Zone show. And you know what? There are a bunch of citizens who are trying to do something. They have no authority. They want to get President Bush arrested. They want to get uh, Tony, uh, Tony Blair arrested. They're claiming responsibility for the United St- former president of the United States not being able to travel outside of the U.S.? These guys have got a major ego problem. Welcome back to Earth, gang. We're going to follow up on this, and I'm going to send a transcript of this to the, uh, to the White House. We're going to see what they have to say. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break here in the X-Zone as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Send me your emails. Tell me what you think. Exxon at exxonradiotv.com
4: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in.